coming here, my Minister for Agriculture was telling me that South Africa is exporting rice from Vietnam. But tell them we have about 22 million hectares which, which are favorable for growing rice, and we have only used 600,000 hectares. So we invite South African business community to come and farm with us and protect the foreign currency going to Vietnam. And you may buy it in Tanzania and maybe by using Tanzanian shillings or rand, as we will agree. So thank you very much for that. Islands, put the money there, 
get to Switzerland, put the money there. In other words, the, the very country where they made their money is not benefiting from their status of being millionaires. Now you hear that some of our African men has, has bought some, some, some penthouses in New York, has blown up 24, 48 million in, in New York. He's the richest man in, uh, in, in Britain. That is Charles Strive Masio, of course. He's got other interests, not a business away from the country. But I wonder if all the money of Econet that is made in the country is being utilized in the country where it is being made. Similarly, for those who are selling minerals and etc., there need to be a way that when you sell the minerals, the money must be retained in the local country. Only through that will the banks begin to realize the honest transactions, and when money is available within the banks, they can't just keep it in the bank. They need to start giving away the money for other businesses to develop. Then you're beginning to develop an ecology, an economic ecology, that allows a country to use its resources, export its raw materials, export its minerals, export its products, and with the money they make from the exports, bring back the money to the country, recapacitate, regrow, redevelop their infrastructure, electricity, telephone, communication, entertainment, and etc. Can development needs to come from within. It needs to come from within. Because donor money is not developmental money. When donor money comes to your country, it comes with an expectation of how you must spend the money. It comes with the people who must spend the money. And after they've given you that money, you owe them for the money, for paying themselves. In other words, if America can say, we are coming there to build up a road for you, they're not going to be building a road for you. They give you the money to build the road, but they don't give you the cash. They give you the credit note. They will bring their engineers they will bring their own, uh, you know, in, in implementers. They will, they will pay their engineers the rates that the Americans are paying them, collect those, those money that they've donated to you, walk back with them to America, and you owe them for the development that they have done. We have seen this with the Chinese, for example. We have seen this with Americans. When a Chinese Chinaman says, I'm coming to your country to invest, you don't just come and bring the money. He brings the money, brings his manpower, in some certain cases, even machineries and everything else, and some of those manuals for your own building are written in Chinese. You can't even read them. And you call that development. This method of prioritizing Africans must become our password. We need people who can own African businesses, and not only own small African businesses, big African businesses. We need to run our businesses and develop our continent from within. From within. If you have made money as an African, help your young brother, help your young sister, help your cousin, help your aunt also to make money like you are making money. And your family, you, you, you lift up your family. When families lift up each other, the communities lift up each other, the country lifts up each other, and finally the continent can be a participating partner on the global network. And I want just to pass those few words from Donald Trump, that Africa is a body part. And we say, if that is true, if that is true, and then America comes first with the same words, we need young African politicians who will begin to think in the same line that Africa comes first and must come first in everything, must come first in everything that we are doing. That is what I call preferential procurement, biased economy, which preferential procurement, strategized, and even religiously so. So you need to strategize and see how best 
do we go across this monster that is settled on our continent? And how do we dismantle the colonial system? In some certain cases, we don't need to chase away the insurance companies. We don't need to chase away the steel manufacturers. We don't need to chase away these multinational businesses. We simply need to build parallel businesses. And then our governments must start moving their business towards the Africans. That's, that's all it takes. And slowly you begin to see that when the government begins to put its money in African businesses, those colonial businesses that have been monopolizing the space over a long period of time will collapse. Ultimately, the dog that is being fed will always be more powerful than the dog that is hungry. So create for yourselves as Africans parallel businesses, parallel businesses. Bread manufacturing, milk production, tobacco sales, and etc. Fashion lines. We can't be buying Gucci's and buying, uh, you know, all these things for, uh, at this particular time. Stolen brands from African designs. You look at this design here. If someone can pick it up right now in America or in, in, in France, they may come up with another brand of clothing and they decide to call it whatever they want to call it. To us, this is natural. To them, it's IP. And once it is stolen and it is in their hands, it is difficult for you to run those businesses. And then, so it's basically plagiarizing of brand and IP because Africa is rich in IP, which is unregistered. All these brands and logos that you see, which are our cultural emblems, are not registered. So those that have mastered the IP space, walk into these spaces, steal these brands, steal these logos, steal these designs and own them for themselves. Africa, for Africans, we need to prioritize our own African people, own our economic space, own our businesses, be biased in terms of government. When you see a small African business, I'm not saying move everything at the same time, give them an opportunity. Give them something to run. Give them something to run. Even in South Africa right now, if ESCOM is giving us a hard time in terms of electricity, you better start coming up with another power supply, an African power supply, and model it correctly. The problem is that politicians are not engineers. Politicians are not strategic in terms of their thinking. They must remain in the political side and leave the development of the country to be in the hands of those who know what it means to do city planning. We know what it means to, to do projections. We know what it means to study the lifespan of equipment, machinery, of mines, and etc., so that these people can actually begin to put a blueprint of where is the city, where are we going, and ultimately what is the ultimate goal of our development. Africa must come first. We must come first with ourselves, with our family. Say to yourself, I come first. My family comes first. My country comes first. My continent comes first. When you have 10, 15,000 uh, dollars in your hands, and I wish that those companies that are now producing cars, that are producing cell phones, that are producing clothes and etc., can begin to be readily available online. Some of us are more than prepared as of now to begin to spend our money on African brands, African products, and African companies. I want to insure my products with an African company. I want to buy my clothes from an African company. I want to be watching an African TV. I want to be driving an African car. I want to be on the cell phone with an African handset. I want to be on the computer with an African product. 
So we need also to learn something. That is, I have been looking at for a very long time with the Chinese have been able to master called reverse engineering. Reverse engineering is a simple idea where you pick up any product. You pick up any product, be it a cell phone, be it a computer, be it farming equipment, and etc. You bring it to your place, you dismantle the machinery. After dismantling the machinery, then you look for the raw materials yourself. In Africa, we're blessed with raw materials. Make molds, make molds, the mold of a car, the mold of a caterpillar, the mold of a computer, the mold of this, and then begin to create your own brand. That's why the Chinese can come up with Ibudesi for a taxi, Siaya for a taxi, then the Toyota remains on the side, Inyati for a taxi, but the same engine with small little tweaks here and there. And they've been able to build their economy based on this reverse engineering strategy. So in as much as we are all obsessed with, I have an original iPhone, I have an original this, I have an original that, that is in the short term. In the long term, we may need to start learning how to do reverse engineering. How do we manufacture our tractors locally? Manufacture our bags, our straws, our toothpicks, our toothbrushes, and etc. Locally, we start reverse engineering. Everything that your country is consuming in bulk can be made locally. If our universities and technical colleges can put their minds together and begin to understand how to build an economy, we don't need to be wasting time teaching students lots of formulas. They would rather be in the desk learning how to do reverse engineering so that you graduate with a machine, piece of equipment that will build for yourself. So those in agriculture, show us what can you build. Those of you in road construction, show us what can you build. Those of you are in mining, show us. So the universities become an enabling factor into unlocking innovation of reverse engineering. And we can populate our space with our own equipment. And I thought school was all about that until I, I'm grown up now to discover schools are a waste of time. A waste of time. Seven years primary school, two, four years high school, two years form six, form seven, another four years basic degree, two years master, honors and masters, three years doctorate, 25 years wasted. And by the time you finish all these studies, you, you have produced nothing. You have a pile of papers that are hanging on the wall. Lord help me, if you still make it alive, many have died when they're still trying to achieve this qualification. And you graduate with a piece of paper. Who has ever left an inheritance of piece of paper? There's an inheritance for their children. Then you find that it's a waste of time. Reverse engineering is another way in which we can actually begin to develop local products without necessarily compromising on, on, on quality. Because that's where, that's where all these bodies we have in the country that are responsible for quality management come into space. So pick up that tractor, that messy figures on from wherever it is, of crankshafts, new modes of, um, of starters and gears and what, and come up with your own messy figures on and for crying out loud, call it Nembudzia, if you please. But reverse engineering is how China was able to build and industrialize herself. Right now you have cities that are only for cell phone cities that are only for clothing and textiles, cities, Zhongho, only good for computers and etc. Cities for manufacturing. And in all those industries where they are manufacturing stuff, very little of that of that IP that they have there belongs to them. They have been able simply to do reverse engineering. Reverse engineering. Remember that word? Reverse engineering. Take my hat, study it well and see how you can dismantle it 
and come up with your own head. These, I call them thinking, you know, colored, decorated thinking. You come up with your own head and give it your own name. So Africa must not constantly be in the business of importing and importing and importing. Universities and technical colleges are our weakest link because they are not looking at the world of development and technology and bringing it into play so that our certificates and the qualifications, our university qualification degrees can actually be converted into industry, into manufacturing, into production, into innovation to bring the solutions that we need in our own countries. Water articulation, for example, faster ways of making tars and etc. You know, how to build houses quickly, that can, how we use our wood, our minerals, our gravel and our concrete and etc. and begin to come up with new methods of development. And I think that we don't own, in as much as we talk about development, we don't own the value chain of our development. Because we think we're going to be developing, but while we're developing, we're going to be importing things that make us develop. I wonder whether that makes sense to you. You want to develop, and you want to import things that make you develop. So what if the country that wants to sell you those things put you on sanctions? Then development stops, because you can't get the spare parts, you can't get the equipment, you can't get the business loans, you can't get the investment. You're just stuck, because your development is only words, but the technology and the materials that are needed to come into play to, to, to foster, fast-track the development remain from the external walls of your own country. So I want to challenge your universities to begin to talk about reverse engineering. We want technical colleges to become technical in the real sense of the word. Technical. Places where engineers are breaking engines apart and learning not just to putting them together but making fresh engines. Fresh engines. That engine that is in your laboratory at your technical college, which you're always using for studying, start learning how to make molds, come up with your own car as a technical college. Now, that thinking, universities, every year we must come for a show at a university where the university is showcasing new products that the university students and graduates have produced. And then the investors, locally and internationally, can come and buy these IPs and begin to build industries of manufacturing around ourselves. And we must not be angry when big people in our countries are beginning to own big business. Big banks must be in the hands of black people. Fuel supply must be in the hands of black people. Hospitals must be in the hands of black people. Insurances must be in the hands of black people. So that we own, not emerging businesses constantly. Because while we are emerging, the multinational companies keep on getting the lion's share. So we also need the government to do a biased thing. We need to know these are enablers to the economy. Ownership of land, means of production, manufacturing, and active academic institutions, technical colleges that speak to that. And above all, it is you and I who understand these things that I'm saying and put them into play. So before you die, tell me, what product are you going to put on the market that will make Africa a better place? So start thinking. Start thinking innovation, innovation. The millionaires, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, and the rest of them, is Steve Jobs, it's nothing much, it's just innovation. Find a problem in your community, create a solution, sell it. That's business. So don't create a business just for the sake of, I want this business. You will die with the business. What does the community need? As a solution, then create a solution then charge for the solution.
And then you have a business idea. And therefore the current of heaven is not money. The current of heaven is an idea. You must save the aha. Save the aha. The God idea. And when you have a good idea, you can take it to the bank. You can take the, an idea to the bank. And you can get money out of that. So don't pray for money. God does not have it. Pray for an idea. And when you have innovative ideas, see how best you can duplicate those ideas and create a better home for yourself, better life for yourself and family, a better community for yourself, ultimately a better country and a continent. With those few words, I thank you and I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful day. Don't do what I wouldn't do, but if you decide to do it, do it better.